0: to another episode of Author Conversations, presented by Arcadia Publishing and the History Press. I'm Jonathan Foster. This week looks to be a big week for our continuing journey into space, so why not talk with one of our authors who knows a bit about our past journeys into the final frontier, Cindy Manto. Cindy Manto, a historian, urban planner, and the author of The Show Assembly Facility, Stennis Space Center, and Marshall Space Flight Center has assembled a compilation of photographic images and maps. From an array of libraries, museums, private collections, and NASA. Cindy, thanks for joining me.
1: Oh, you're most welcome.
0: Now, Cindy, you've written three books on sites that contributed to the greatest rockets we've ever seen. Sites where men and women worked to build machines to take us to space and into the moon. And what about these sites captured your imagination?
1: Uh, about the sites. Um, and what went on at the sites? It- what went on? Well, close to home uh, was Mishu Assembly Facility. Um, I that was uh, the uh, Saturn V first first stage booster rocket. The S one C was built there, designed and built there um, by Boeing. Um, before that, just before that was built, the S one B was built. Had been was built there by Chrysler Corporation. So we had two presences uh, there. Um, then. It was just the whole idea of, uh, of space travel. Um, things were happening rapidly at the time. Um, we were in a space race with the Soviet Union, uh, that, that kind of uh, spurred things on. And, but if you were uh, a young person or a teenager at the time, uh, this was like anything could happen, anything could be done. And, uh, and in, in my neck of the woods, we, it, it was all happening right under our noses. And as things were, the, uh, the rocket boosters were being manufactured at Michoud Assembly Facility, they would be uh, put on a barge and floated about 40 miles away, uh, 40 canal miles away, to Stennis Space Center, which was at the time named Mississippi Test Operations. Um, that was built... Specifically, to test the uh, first and second stage Saturn V rockets there, um, all of this was was uh, handled was directed from Huntsville, Alabama, from um, uh, Marshall Space Flight Center in huntsville
0: yeah, and you 've written about all three of these, and you know it's it 's really cool to think about and, and hear my parents talk about this time when anything seemed possible, and you look at all these things that have happened even you know in my in my lifetime and even the last few years technology wise and it just feels like we've gotten jaded with everything yes. It is
1: yeah yeah <laughs> uh we've uh jaded is one thing hopefully never complacent um it it uh it, you have to have that edge all the time i think to spur things forward
0: yeah, I get excited about, I don't know, I still get excited about little things. I mean, last night I was grilling, and we have, I have a wireless probe that tells me when my steak is medium rare, and I get really excited <laughs> about that, and that's actually, you know, I wouldn't be able to do that if it wasn't for NASA. You know, I wouldn't be able to that's have this phone in my hand if it wasn't for NASA, so that's an exciting that's thing right. to me.
1: And, and keep in mind, all of the tech, a lot of the technology that we have today uh, built upon what was done back then, you know, 50... 60 year, 60 year old technology basically, and that technology built on stuff that happened back into World War II. Even, um, I mean, they went to the moon. The, you know, the, the first mission to the moon was uh, done with uh, um, le- less uh, technology than we have in, in our cell phones nowadays, which is something to think about. <laughs>
0: It really is. I mean, the computers were the really, you know the brains of the astronauts and those in flight control. And if you you know have seen the movie Hidden Figures, the yes, I mean the people who were working on the grounds were they were called the computers. It's yes. it's great. Yes, it, and
1: and this was done with with uh, the comptometers. This was done by hand. Keep in mind, with slide rules and uh, you know, there was there was it, it was uh, people sitting down actually computing these things. You know, every every little uh, uh, trajectory, um, every every little curve uh, of the of the rocket uh, that was done by hand with slide rules. So w- we live in a great time now
0: absolutely we do and so each site also has interesting history going back now, I like want to make sure i say it right Michaud? is that correct michou 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 yes this it actually has a colonial history the site itself
1: when you yes. Get back uh, the, yes the yes it, it was the grand, the the area where it's located was originally a land grant from the king of france in 1763 and um he, antoine michou uh He he was the third owner. Uh, He was uh, self-exiled after the fall of Napoleon, came to New Orleans. New Orleans, Louisiana was already um, uh, part of the United States at the time, but New Orleans, you know, has a huge French influence. So he came to New Orleans. He uh, bought the property. He lived in the city in the French Quarter um and there was already an established sugar plantation there you can still see the the two smokestacks from the sugar houses are uh, are preserved in front of um the the re- the original buildings at at, at Michou assembly wow. facility wow um yeah uh so he he held the property uh from he bought it in 1827 um i have a copy of the original um act of sale it's written in french um his this, he died during the civil war 18 uh 1863 um it stayed in his family until 1912 and he they the, the heirs had never traveled to the to New Orleans they they me, retained a lawyer here uh to handle the, the properties um that owner in 1940 sold sold a portion of the land that the assembly facility is now located on to Andrew Jackson Higgins, who is the designer of of the landing craft for d day yeah and that was uh it they did everything there they they were supposed to build liberty ships they ended up doing all kind of other things like um, um you know uh maintaining uh, uh trucks and jeeps but they even had they even built some uh carbon parts and stainless steel parts that they shipped to oak they would ship to oak ridge tennessee for to help uh um separation of uranium for the atomic bomb it was a secret area uh so the korean war they they built uh va tanks for chrysler corporation built va tanks during the Korean War, uh, and it again went into um, surplus sur- fl- surplus property until the space race started. And at that point, uh, the the original three buildings at Mishu, they were the only three buildings. They were ready to go. First of all, they they required very little renovation, and they were the only three buildings that would be big enough to hold the Saturn V rocket, which is a 33 foot diameter rocket, and Mishu has 40-foot has ceilings, plus it's air-conditioned. It always was. It was built as an air-conditioned building in 1940 here in New Orleans with a lot of humidity. I think the humidity is maintained at 70% at all times to this day. Mm. Uh, so... It's a NASA facility now. Uh, the external tank for the space shuttle was built there. And now the uh, Boeing is, it has presence here again. And they're building the uh, space launch system, the SLS, which right now is at, I can tell you, it's at Stennis Space Center. Um, it's waiting to be tested.
0: Oh, that will carry the right Starliner, correct? I'm sorry? Will that carry the Starliner?
1: Is that the Starliner?
0: Yeah, I think that's the, uh, the Starliner is the name of the pod, or will that be the, I think that maybe that'll be the name of the capsule on top of that rocket, I think, is the Boeing Starliner. Oh, uh,
1: uh, it, I, it, I think it may be, yes, yes. Well, th- this is just the, the uh, core stage is being, is, is being tested um, right, right now. They're, right. They, well, they're waiting for it. They call it a green test.
0: All right, very cool. And Stennis is another one to talk about and as you said earlier, was it always named Stennis? Uh, can you give us a little it, bit it of insight? It was background? not.
1: It was it was originally Stennis Space Center started out life in 1961. It was uh, originally called uh, Mississippi Test Facility. It was built specifically to test the Saturn V rockets. Saturn uh, the S1C of Saturn V, the first stage rocket and second stage rocket. They built four test stands there. What they did, they cleared out a collection of towns and communities in the area that were um, relevant, that supported the lumber industry at the time. And John Stannis, Senator John Stennis was a, a senator from Mississippi who who was a great supporter of NASA. He helped uh, persuade people that they had to do this you know, for the good of the nation. Really, you know, we were in the Cold War at this point now with the, the space race, and it was like a mobilization for war. Uh, so the towns were cleared, the t- four test stands and the supporting buildings were were built there and by that was 1961 by 1966 the first test was had taken was taking place while they were still building the test stand and by 1968 every test the test stands were completed everyone was was, uh, was booked for the whole year for testing and by 19, by July 20th 1969 we landed the first man on the moon and returned Returned them safely to Earth, so you know that was a very short time period there. Now, Stennis in 19 uh, in 80, 1988, uh, it was named after John C. Stennis. Uh, that's where we get the name there, uh, and it was its operations were expanded in about 1972 to to become like a, a federal campus. I mean, it supports federal, military, local. Uh, other other companies and international companies also uh, companies like Rolls Royce do their North American engine testing there. Wow! Uh, because it's relatively isolated uh, still, and they they can they can handle the the the, uh, the vibration and and, the, and the, the noise that all is tends to generate in that area. <laughs> but you can still go there and see. A first-stage rocket, uh, a first-stage booster, the S-1C of the Saturn V rocket. It was uh, scheduled for Apollo 19 mission to the moon. It never used, of course. And it, it now resides next to the Infinity Science Center there. It's, it's alongside I-10. And you can, you can drive right by it and see it, or, or even better, go, go into the, uh, the, the, the uh, science center and take a tour. It, it's really impressive.
0: Absolutely. And of course, Marshall, uh, you know, I've I've been on the base. I've been to the Huntsville um, space center. I've been to that museum there when I was a kid. My grandparents lived in northeast Alabama. So I've got to go um, to Huntsville. Lucky you. Yeah, I really wanted to go to space camp as a kid, but that never happened. Um, That's okay. That's all right. I can see. You can
1: (laughs) can still go. They, They do adult camp, space camp.
0: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna pass on that one. I don't think I could. <laughs> I could handle some of that stuff now that I'm a little bit older. Um, but uh, you know, I a really, really cool. You know, I'd love to see the the big rocket out. You know, they have there too, and just but Marshall. You know, just like you know, Missou has the connection to the Liberty boats. Marshall has World War II connections too.
1: Oh, very much so. Uh, Redstone Arsenal. It. Marshall Space Flight Center is there because of Redstone Arsenal, and Redstone Arsenal had its origins in 1940. It was built for the uh, U.S. Army to uh, for the manufacture of gas and incendiary re- weapons. Uh, the um, at that, it it it. it uh, it was uh, stockpiled weapons and and uh until after the war and then went into uh making gas masks after that um it was it was deemed surplus it was up for sale for a while it, they tried a few things there were there were a, a car manufacturer was there 18, 18 automobiles it was keller keller automobile company um which kind which closed down after the death of its owner george keller so it was up for sale. At that point, by 1950, the uh, the German uh, rocket scientists and, and engineers had, had been out at um, uh, White Sands Proving Ground and in uh, New Mexico. Uh, they were brought over. The decision was made to to establish the um, um, to to bring the the rocket development from White Sands to Redstone Arsenal, and Every, everyone was brought there, contractor personnel, the scientists, the engineers. And Redstone also became the center for rocket development in 1950. Uh, they, By 1952, the Redstone ballistic missile had been developed. This was a direct descendant of the V-2 rocket from World War II, the vengeance weapon. And... It, it, everything just built on that. After that, uh, by 1956, the Army Ballistic Missile Agency was established, and in the big game change comes up, comes about in 1957 with Sputnik. The Soviet Union launches Earth's first artificial satellite. By three, it, by early 1958, after three months of authorization to do so, the Army's unofficial space team successfully launches. America's first satellite, the Explorer 1, and it used a modified Jupiter-C launch vehicle, which was derived from the original Redstone ballistic missile that from 1952. Hmm. That just begins the whole missile race, uh, and it's the origins of the space race. So in 1958, President Eisenhower establishes NASA. 1959, the... ABMA begins our in, uh, research and development for a launch vehicle for, um, for the Saturn program. And that's the beginnings of the space race. <laughs> that's, <laughs>
0: wow, that's the Marshall right there. So, and Marshall, of course, who's that? I mean, that's named for a very famous general.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, general George C. Marshall was Franklin President Franklin Roosevelt's Army Chief of Staff. During World War II, he was the five-star general of the army. Um, Winston Churchill called him an organizer of victory. He organized the largest ground and air force in U.S. history. He was after the war. He was um, appointed Secretary of State by Harry S. Truman, and he proposed and organized the European Recovery Program, which is better known as the Marshall Program, uh, that provided. Basically, it provided economic aid to countries, mostly in in Europe, that were deemed vulnerable to communism. Um, even though the Soviet Union had been our ally during World War II, so and in 1953 he was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize for for the Marshall Plan. Uh, so he he passed he died in 1959 and 1960. President Eisenhower named him named the, the whole complex after General Marshall.
0: It's amazing. And the cool thing about these sites too is, and and you've mentioned it earlier too. There's, you know, these aren't sites where something happened or just happened at. Things are still happening at all of these sites oh, yeah. too. There's still oh, yeah. developments I, I, happening. All kinds of exciting. Um, Technology is being developed here, and they're working. Not it's not. They're not just government programs. They're also working in pro- a partnership with SpaceX and Boeing.
1: Yes, Blue Origin. Uh, Blue Origin has a presence at Stanis. Um, yeah, they're they're all um, in partnerships. Um, there's all kind of things happening. It, it just continues. It really does, and uh, and all this takes place along. You know, it's the Gulf Coast states. Uh, it, 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 it originally, it was called, you know, if you factor in Houston uh, Johnson Space Center and, and Kennedy Space Center, that uh, it, it formed, it originally, they used to call it Space Crescent. And I like, I like to say we have a space corridor here along the Gulf Coast, even hmm. though Huntsville is in North Alabama. It kind of goes up there.
0: <laughs> yeah, you could say the Tennessee River, though, helps connect everything together, so... Because it goes yeah. through that way. So else connect. So, you know, everything runs down to the Gulf Coast. That's how yes. we, can, we can get around it that way. Wow. Well, I mean, I'm excited, you know, and earlier before we started, we were talking about how next week uh, there is going to be a, final, a launch, hopefully, weather permitting, um, from Florida again, um, from the U.S. to send astronauts to the International Space Station, because we have been hitching rides... From Russia to get to International Space Station, and you said you saw on the news last night that there's uh, a local graduate from your yes. area.
1: Going uh on, uh, astronaut Hurley. I, I believe uh, he is a graduate of Tulane University, and he he maintains his connections here in New Orleans. He will be he will be aboard, which is which is exciting. We'll be we'll all be
0: watching. Absolutely, it's an exciting time. Well, Cindy, thanks for talking to me today. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, you're most welcome.
0: All right, and we're, we're going to be watching, and I'm, I don't know if you can tell or not, but I'm excited for for next week, and I hope you are, too.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll all be watching and, and hoping for the best, yes. Yeah,
0: and when I say next it'll, week, it'll it's be, because be I'm recording in- it the week before, so it's actually going to be this week when the podcast airs.
1: So. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, you know, you're setting it up. You're, you're exactly. setting the stage, right? <laughs>
0: Thanks again, Cindy, and thank you, the audience, for listening. All of Cindy's books are available for purchase now at your local bookstore or at ArcadiaPublishing.com. And while you're at ArcadiaPublishing.com, enter in your zip code to the search bar at the top of the page to see what books Arcadia Publishing and the History Press has on your town. If you have an idea for a book and you want to tell your local history story, reach out to Arcadia by visiting ArcadiaPublishing.com, scroll down to the bottom of any page, and click the Make Me an Author link. It's the first step in writing your own history book and telling the history of your town, state, or region. If you have questions for me or episode suggestions, you can send me an email at Conversations at gmail.com. As always, I want to thank Jay and Bill's Unnamed Band Project for the show's theme song. Remember, you can visit them on Facebook at Jay and Bill's Unnamed Band Project. I'll talk to you soon.